Did you know that Kinda Dating Now has merch? Yep, we collaborated with tpublic.com to create t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, iPhone cases, and so much more. Picking up one of our items is a great way to support the show and grab some swag for yourself. So swing over to tpublic.com or follow the link in the description of this episode to grab yours today. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is, is love blind? Let's find out. Hello, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kinda Dating. Please. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it. If you haven't subscribed yet, what the fuck? You might think you've subscribed also, and you actually haven't. Um, So please check your phones wherever you get it and uh, press the subscribe button because I can can tell. I know. Um, Also, leave us a five-star rating or review wherever you get it. And tell your friends, guys. Um, If we've helped you at all, we would love to, you know, continue to help more people. So, you know, don't hold it to yourself. Tell, Tell your friends. Um, and follow us. We're on social media. We're at Kinda Dating across the board. I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. All right, guys, we have our guest back again. She is so fucking smart and um and a total catch to the guys listening. So uh I want to introduce entrepreneur, social influencer, speaker, reality TV star who is a castmate in that show, Love is Blind, which is what we're going to be talking about today. And she's founder of the coaching program, Goddess Magic. We have Kelly Chase. Hi, girl. Hi. Welcome back. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, God, you are busy. I am busy. I'm really busy. But it's like all fun busy. It's all fun. That's the best part. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, you know, in the last episode, we... You, you told us that you are currently single. Mm-hmm. So when were you a part of Love is Blind in comparison to now? Like, what's the timeline going on there? Yeah, so we filmed um, October, October and November of 2018. So three and a half years. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> does yeah. it seem surreal? Like, does it seem... Did your life change a lot after it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, in so many ways. I mean, I know on our, our previous episode, I was talking about how I had hired a, a business and mindset coach like a few weeks after filming Love is Blind. And that just transformed so much of who I was as a person and my mindset and everything. Um, but then like after the show actually aired, which was February of 2020, um, yes, I mean, it was a whirlwind um, of just... I feel like, you know, it's funny because obviously I know you know stuff, but like, you're like thinking of like all these things that could like manifest and like you dream about and like, and then all of a sudden it's like handed to you on a silver platter. Obviously I did the show and it wasn't handed to me on a silver platter, but that's kind of how it could feel. Um, it's like, you became like, I became an overnight celebrity in a sense. And like, even like, um, owning that title of like, you're a celebrity or like you're famous, like people know you, that kind of thing was difficult. Like I was very I mean, I've been very humble about it because I don't, whatever. Like, I just, like, I'm not a celebrity. It's just like, I get bashful about it sometimes, but I'm like, no, Kelly, people 
People know you. You Oh, are, they know your you know, life probably more than they know most <laughs> celebrities' personal lives. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I'm so like I'm I'm very much on social media. Like, I mean, I am on my stories a lot, you know, so people know a lot about my life and yeah. so I share a lot of vulnerable things on there too. So people definitely know that I'm probably single and <laughs> what I had for breakfast yesterday. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean it has exposed me and opened me up to so many amazing opportunities uh, like this, you know, getting the opportunity to be on amazing podcasts and meet incredible people that I just, again, these were things that I probably like dreamt about or never even thought, like we always think sometimes too, it's like, oh, we're dreaming about that, but like it'll never happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, I'm curious what you think. Like, I think a lot of people on the outside feel, oh, people who are part of the show are just trying to be famous. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, especially in season two, I think that was part of the accusation, especially for one of the, the okay. cast members, Shake. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious, like, in your experience of this and uh, and meeting the other cast members, are they people who are genuinely like trying to find love or are they really people who are like, low-key trying to get I, no I I honestly from at least from our season I would say that everyone was very authentic about like finding love and I mean we even if everyone I mean I remember like I was telling you on the last episode I went into it kind of like yes like okay like whatever like an opportunity creates another opportunity but I also was like I'm so picky there's no way I'm gonna have a match like, there's no way I'm gonna make a connection with someone So there may have been similar stories with the other castmates, you know, like maybe we all, maybe that's why we were all going on the show because we were too picky and couldn't find love in the real world. I don't know, but it's like, but everyone had such intense experiences that like, no, we were like in it. We were dating. We were in relationships and falling in love with our person or, or not. Um, I would say maybe there was like one or two people that, um, may have been more so in it for the career stuff or whatever, mm. just because that was something like on a speed dating, like they like shared about their career and ah. like in a way that sounded like they were promoting it. Like they were plugging uh, their business. Like they were versus... plugging their business. And I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm not, I'm not the person. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, granted people, like everyone was asking like, oh, what do you do for work? Blah, blah. And of course you're going to answer. Yes. But how it was, the message was conveyed in this particular situation. It was like very like promoting, plugging their company. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just that was a big turnoff. <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, why do you think the show is such a hit in general? Um, I mean, multiple reasons. I mean, one, I don't think it's ever been done like that before. I mean, it was something that was so absurd. To I mean, maybe there was something back in like the day like I don't know like long time ago that was similar to it um but I don't think so so I think that was really like what these crazies are getting engaged before ever meeting someone like <laughs> how like really are they crazy <laughs> so it's so absurd but I mean I honestly do think that some of it was pandemic related um I mean meaning our show came out the last, uh, our last episode of our season aired like a week and a half, maybe two weeks before the world shut down. So people were just like catching on to this show. And then it's like, no one, like 
no one to leave their homes, you know, for months. So it's like, what else are they going to do? They're hearing people watching this show. Let's all start tuning in. So I feel like that was another reason why it was exploding was because I also like, I, you know, because of doing this podcast, people assume I watch a lot, like every, uh, you know, dating reality show. And I actually don't like, I don't, you know, I know this is blasphemous, but I don't watch the bachelor and things like that. But I loved love is blind. And partially for me, it was because, you know, I'm Indian and we, we've had it, centuries ago, people had full blind marriages, right? Like, oh, you yeah. can't, you haven't met the person, but you are now bet- betrothed to, you know, this family's child. And right. now you're both, you have to suddenly get married. Yeah. Doesn't happen now, but, th- but I think even that's different because those two have never spoken. What's right. interesting with Love is Blind is you're actually watching people interact with each other and you're seeing like, Oh, you know, the, the actual conversations you're having, it, it really seemed to me that everybody, most people were earnest on the podcast, yes. uh, on the, exactly. the show. Um, and then you're watching everybody and sort of how they're interacting with somebody and then how they're interacting in private. And yeah. sometimes it was like, these two are never going to work. Right, and right. then yeah. they worked, you know, and you're like, what the, how, how did that yeah. happen? Um, Oh, like sure. I know, I know. I remember in your season, it was the uh, I think it was Bar- Barnett mm-hmm. with, with his girl that I, I was like, these two are gonna crash and burn because right, like right. they're so they're so like so adventurous and out yeah. there. You were like, I don't know if that's like marriage ready thing, but right. then it works, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. it is really interesting. I mean, what do you think most people? sort of don't understand about the show or like the biggest misconception about being in the pods to real life? Yeah. Um, well, we, as I think they, they showed more on season twos, but season one, I don't feel like they showed enough of the pod interactions. Mm. Um, because it seemed like we met them and we got engaged like five minutes later. And we were like, oh my God, like the pods were like the big, that was, that's how we formulated our relationship. Like that's. So how long were you in the pod with the person? We were there for, let me say it was like, well, I mean the pod, the filming of the pods was like eight or nine days. It was eight or nine days. Oh wow. And, but we had, so there was 15 girls to start and 15 guys to start. And it was like speed dating. So like the first day it was like seven minutes with every guy, seven minutes, whatever, with every girl. Um, and then within those eight or nine days, we actually, we may have had like double date situations, meaning like first thing, like in the morning or in the afternoon. And then maybe again at nighttime, we had like night dates with the people. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. why sometimes if you remember, like sometimes we're dressed up, sometimes we're in like loungewear. It's cause loungewear were our night dates. Ah, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really what not- is the longest amount of time you spend in a pod with, let's say, the select, like the person that you're like, this is my number one? What is the longest over these seven, eight days that you yeah. guys got to talk? Um, at a time, I think it was like maybe an hour and a half, maybe hour and 45 minutes. Mm. But um, which was amazing because when you're with the person that you really, really have such a connection with, like that time goes by like as if it was five minutes. And there's no phones, there's no, no phones, there's no distractions except for like the like glowy light, like that's in the 
the wall in between us. Like that's what it was like mesmerizing because we were just like talking through that. It, it did feel like, you know, back in the day when that's all we had were phones. We didn't have cell phones even back in the day, you know? So it's like you sitting like on your stairs in your house talking on the like phone with the cord, you know, and just like having these like conversations because you can't see the person. <laughs> we didn't have FaceTime and like Zoom back then. So it, it felt a lot like that. Like you were just having like a phone call conversation with that person, but, um, but yeah, you'd just never seen them before. Um, but it was like fascinating. I mean, there were times though, like we would have those like hour and a half to hour and 45 minute date, but that may have been like our afternoon or like morning date. Mm-hmm. And then we had another like hour and a half in the evening. However, we never knew until it got down to like the very, very end, but like, we never knew who we were going to be going on a date with. They weren't like, okay, Kelly, you're going on a date with Kenny now, or you're going on a date with Damien now. Like it was blindly going into the pods as well and so that's why too you'll hear us being like hello when we walk into the pod because we didn't know who we were meeting oh interesting but then like so even when it comes down to decision making you're still kind of talking to those all the 15 people or by the end are you narrowing it down like are they help are they allowing you to narrow it down yes yeah so every day Every at the end of every day, we narrowed it down. Got it. Um, got it. So yeah. So there were actually like fifteen. Yeah. So fifteen on each side. I think after like day three, I think after day three, they had cut five people from each the women and the guy side. Mm. So then it was just down to ten and ten, and those were like the top ten that you see on the show. Oh, um, got it. Got it. Got yeah. that way. Yeah. I mean, it's still like if you it, it if you just think about it completely like objectively it's like you guys probably only got like two hours let's say two hours over seven days like 14 hours really together to like talk and decide and but it felt like though like that was strong enough right well to make a decision so it was like seven yeah I was gonna say it was like seven minutes the first day it may have been like 15 15, 20 minutes the next day. And then it was like 40 minutes the next day. So we may have had like Kenny and I, Kenny was actually my first, um, date, like the oh. first date of my speed dating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I talked to, I did talk to him every day. So collectively, yeah, it was, it was a handful of hours collectively. Cause at the end, like I said, it was like maybe like two hour and a half long days. So that's three hours right there. But then like the seven minutes, the 15 minutes, like whatever, like it all added up. But I mean, like I said, even those like longer dates, it just went by very quickly. Wow. It would go by very quickly for it seemed, And we didn't know, like, I don't remember. Sometimes they may have given us like, like flash the light or something to kind of give us like, a, okay, your date's coming to an end, but like it, or they didn't, or you just missed it. Cause maybe you turned your head or your eyes were closed for a second or something. And you missed it. And so all of a sudden it's just like the mics would just drop and you'd be like in the middle of a conversation. You're like, but wait. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, do you think everybody was as mentally prepared, especially for coming out of the pods when it comes to meeting somebody for the first time in real life? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that idea, like I've, I've asked myself so many times, I was like, oh, you know, could I have done this? How would I have behaved with somebody? Even if I felt like you were love of my life or, or whatever, like to be physical with them after, 
and to see somebody for the first time, like how you feel, you know, that attraction. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think everybody was sort of prepared or is that is that the biggest fucking wild card? Is that the big thing or, or is it the living together and family stuff or is it just that first I think am the I first, attracted to this person? Yeah, yeah, I honestly do. I think it's that like, am I going to be attracted to this person? Because I think all of us could probably agree that, yeah, there is a there is a physical component. You got to be somewhat attracted to someone. I mean, maybe we're wrong. Maybe I need to go work with a shaman or something. I don't know. But I think that there does have to be some type of physical component with it. It may be 5%. It might be like super, super small, you know, because again, like going back to the episode, we, you know, our previous episode, it is about how you feel and how you make them feel, how they make you feel, all of that. But there does have to be that physical. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've ever been so nervous before in my entire life, like standing there waiting for the like doors to open to like get that reveal. My knees were knocking. Like my whole body was shivering. I was just like, Oh my God. Like what if, like, what if I don't, what if I'm not attracted to this guy? And I just made such a like deep connection. And I, you know, I've never even really thought about it to be like, okay, what if I wasn't attracted to him? Like, what would I have done? Like, I don't know what I would have done. Because in your season, because in your season, you had the Jessica Mark story. Yes, correct. Right? Where she was like, oh, he's short. Mm -hmm. I think was her, I think that was her thing, if I remember. You know, in the beginning, she was like, oh, and and she couldn't really feel what she wanted to feel. And then in season two, we had Shake with Dipti. Right. Um, and, And I'm curious, you know, like, are they villains for that? Like, I mean, I think they're they were deemed the villains in the show for other parts of their personalities, but mm-hmm. but that first thing of like, oh, I'm not attracted to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it makes you a villain to be honest. You know? I mean, if I wasn't a I mean, I when I first when the doors opened with Kenny and I, I mean, I was not like whoa, holy smokes. You know, I, I thought he was an attractive man. I was not necessarily physically attracted to him in a way I have been physically attracted to other people Mm -hmm. before. However, again, I had made such a great connection with him and Kenny kissed me and I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And that is that, that is that thing, right. Of like, duh, you know, can love grow? Cause like Indians, you know, our parents always taught us like, oh, you got, you know, you, you, you kids in this Western world, like you think it's all about like falling in love with somebody at first sight. And they're like, it's not a real thing. Love grows. And so it's interesting to watch in that, like, where can love grow? But I do think there needs to be, like you even said, a 5% even mm-hmm. attraction that you can build on Yeah, for it to, like, sustain. for Because you could, you, you, you know, sometimes you can love somebody's personality and then that makes them so fucking hot. Oh, 100%. And that's happened. I mean, in my real life prior to the show, I actually experienced something like that. Like, I met someone and I was not not at all like physically attracted to them, but like I had many opportunities to be around this person and I was just like falling for their personality. And then we did like try and like hang out or date or whatever. And I was like borderline obsessed with the kid. The guy was just like, he's so fucking cute. And it was funny because like friends of mine, they always used to say this too. And this was one of my 
I guess, reasons of going on the show. My biggest reason was obviously like my look, but there was a point of me, like my ego kind of played in because my friends would always be like, Kelly, you're like dating these guys who want to treat you like shit. They're not showing up for you. You keep going after all these like hot guys. Like, stop going for the tens. Let's go for like the six and sevens, right? And they would always say that. And so like, that was like a part of me. I'm like, I'm going to go on this show and prove to them that I can make a connection without ever fucking seeing someone. <laughs> it's fine. But with that being said, with this guy, I like showed them like his picture one time and they were like, he's like a seven. And I was like, I know. I was like, and he, and he also doesn't want to be with me either. And they're like, oh my God, Kelly. And I'm like, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, it's interesting. Cause I know we're, you know, we're always trying to figure out like, what is the, what is that prop? What is the problem with us? Like trying, you know, in, in meeting people, is it that I, my standards are too high? Is it too low? Is it blah, blah, blah. And it took me a long time to figure out like, like dating is just like a jigsaw puzzle. And it's not that any piece is a bad piece. It's just not a right fit. And like, that's simply it. Like I stopped overthinking my dates of like, oh, it's because of this reason. And that I was just like, listen, it didn't work out. That's it. Moving on. Like as long as you're continually doing the personal growth work where you're not the (laughs) apparent problem. Right. um, and then it's just like, it's fucking personalities matching and, yeah. and, you know, life and like, yeah, that's what tr- it's trial and error. Dating is yeah. literally just trial and error. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. I was going to say something to you back to your like original question about like why you think, um, our show like blew up so mm-hmm. much speaking to like the Indian culture and everything. I was going to say also just like, there were so many just, um, uh, cultural and like racial societal, like I guess, norms that were broken. Like a lot of different like programming was addressed during the show. So true. Like that's what was very so true. captivating. Yeah. I'm curious what you think about season two, because obviously like we had, uh, you know, different cast members and now you got to watch it from the outside. And did you have any like specific thoughts? Did anybody seem disingenuous from the start? Um, I'm very curious to know what your thoughts are on Shake. Like was, you know, was he really that wrong in in this season or, uh, you know, what made him so unlikable? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm curious. What do you you think about season two? Yeah. So I, I, one thing I thought was interesting was like, there were a handful of like similarities in um, I mean, like the uh, Shana Kyle situation. It was very much like the Jessica Mark situation. Yes. Like I felt like I definitely uh, felt that too. They mirrored a lot of yeah similar relationships. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was very interesting. Um, I I enjoyed it. There was a lot of like. I don't know. I mean, granted, the like work that I do, like the mindset stuff, like I'm always like now I'm like analyzing these shows. So I'm like, yeah. okay, what's actually really going on with these people? Um, and granted, like, although I've been in that experience, I've still had my own like, you know, analysis happening. Um, I would say that hearing the reunion and I'll speak on Shake, like, I feel like, you know, Shake was just being very honest. He was just that's how he was like and unfortunately it was hurtful to deep tea and whoever else um but 
according to the reunion, it sounded as if the production actually did him a did him a good deed that they cut out a lot of things that maybe he had said. Um, and that that was like more G-rated than what was actually said. So that was like, oh, you know, that that stinks. Um, and I actually did have a conversation with Shake because I mean, obviously I didn't know, like, I don't know him. Right. But I'm like, I talked to Jessica too. And Jessica was like, she was kind of upset because she's like, okay, like he's like the villain of the show right now. And she was that, and she got so much hate for it. And unfortunately, like, I mean, for Jessica, her character was manipulated. It was a job race. She's not that type of person in real life. And it sucked. Oh no. No. Mm -mm. No. So they definitely produced a character out of her, which is Mm. very unfortunate. However, well, with that being said, so we're like thinking maybe that's the same thing with Shake, right? So <laughs> Jessica's like, I'm upset about it. Like, because she received death threats. I mean, Jessica was Aww. went to a very dark place and it was it was very bad. Um, so we're like, okay, let's just make sure that everyone oh, like I reached out to like as many castmates as possible, like before the show was aired, like when they first announced the cast. I was like, hey, tell her from season one, like, I know what you've been going through or what you're about to go through. I was like, if you need any support, I can hear for you. So I did talk to a handful of them, super sweet people. Um, and then like after the show aired and I felt like Shake was getting a lot of hate, I just did the same thing. I was like, hey, if you want to like talk, like I'm here for you. And he's like, yeah, I could really use that. So we did, we hopped on a call and I was like... <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, like, he's definitely like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I was, it was to the point, like, I was like, you know, how things been? And he's like, oh, you know what? Honestly, he's like, I'm just, you know, I'm just owning who I am. He's like, I like, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't say anything, like, whatever. Like, what I said is, like, how I felt. And that's just, is what it is kind of thing. And he's like, I know who I am. And I'm not going to change who I am. Like, the rest of these people from the cast and like started like talking down there about everybody I was like okay we're not gonna go there but I was like okay but I just felt this coming from the space that I am and even in my from my coaching space I was like okay maybe he does have a little bit of like narcissistic behaviors going on and I'm, I'm like he's not ready to receive any message from anyone right now that's going to help awaken him to what is going on and not just on the show just in his life in general like I don't think he's like and he's not place. available not I mean available. it's it's interesting because when I when I first saw him you know I was like oh he made the comment about like oh can I hold you up on the shoulder right, yeah. I was like that's annoying um not supposed to do that okay fine so I I didn't like him then as he got with Dipthy and once they started like living together, I was like, well, I feel like he's trying, even ah, though he's yeah. not totally attracted. And that's, that's an, it can happen. Right. It was a little weird because he did when he first met her, he was like mad, mad touchy feely. And then he was like, eh, I don't know how I feel. Yeah. Okay. It felt like he was working at it. I think what irked everybody is just um, like, we can, I think there's sort of an unspoken respect, right? When you're dating somebody to not talk massive shit about them to yeah, everybody. Right. And it'd be one thing if, you know, you're talking to your best girlfriend. Right. My, you know, I'm t- telling my best friend, like, oh my God, my boyfriend's annoying the fuck out of me. Or, you know, whatever is happening in our sex life, if that were the case. Yeah. 
uh, it's one thing if I'm saying it privately to my best friend. But I think his thing that he is lacking awareness of is that he was speaking out of turn to people that didn't, he didn't need to say all of those things to. It's fine to even think those thoughts, but part of critical thinking and discernment is I don't have to say every thought out loud because all of this is being filmed. And if I'm saying I respect this person, then how is the world going to view that person mm-hmm. if I am speaking out. saying these extremely, not one, two, three, a lot, clearly, yeah. you know, of um, unpleasant things about somebody who's being really awesome. nice to you. Yeah. Um, and that's the part where I'm like, oh, he just doesn't get that. And I think it's, he's just in self-defense mode. He's in you know, in a mode where, and guys can be more like that than women can, like where you said, Jessica, you know, had these death threats. I'm sure Shake has also had death threats, but he's going to double down as a dude on like, no, fuck this. This is who I am. And women cry and we get depressed and, you know, fucking end up in therapy. Like, totally. um, And I think same, and I would say that's probably the same thing with Jessica, right? I think the turning point for for Jessica and her vert in, in that season was when I think she was like trying to get with Barnett. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like those moments, I think is what makes people yeah. uh, go like, ah, not a great person. Cause it's kind of like what you do in private is kind of who you are. And in this season too, this happened with yeah. Jarrett right going to yeah. um to yeah. that girl and being like the thing about the ring yes. and i was like ah shady you know yeah. like yeah. and if you're going to act like that that's those private moments mm-hmm. i think say more about somebody's personality than totally. just what you're saying out loud yeah no for sure yeah and i mean like i know some of it's you know um Exactly. Staged and staged. oh yeah, I used to be a producer. It's yeah. the reason yeah. I've been asked to be on many a reality show because of this podcast. Oh, I'm and, sure. oh well. yeah, yeah. I've been asked to be on many, and I've always said no because mm-hmm. I, I'm like one. I will be very boring because I used to be a producer, and yeah. uh, I was a producer and unscripted, and I know what happens. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to give you any bite yeah. that you want because. I know what to say and what not to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember them like asking Kenny and I to be like to like talk about a particular couple, and not to say I was about to, but like I probably would have been like more open just because I'm like an honest person, whatever. And Kenny was like, "Nope," <laughs> like shut it down. He was like, "No, I think we can utilize our time in a better way." And production was just like, "Fine." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they can't force anybody to no. to say anything, but they right. ask like leading questions. You yeah. know, um, or they might even say like, hey, you know, Barnett's standing over there by himself. Why don't you go ask him like, right. you know, what he thinks about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then she might say like, no, I don't know. Should I? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you totally can. Go do it. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. That you know, um, <laughs> so it's reality with air quotes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like going back just like season two, like it was it was interesting to watch. Um, and it was just like, I don't know. Yeah. It was, I mean, what, 
when you watch from the outside now, right, and you get to see both seasons, and in season one, I think everybody had, you know, Lauren and Cameron, everybody's like, wow, um, and they're like the sweetest, or it seems. Um, now when you look on the outside and you see both seasons, so we had Lauren and Cameron, mm-hmm. Barnett, and I forget Amber. her, what was her name? Amber. 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 Mm-hmm. And then in this one, we have Ayana, Jarrett, and Danielle Nick. Is there any kind of like secret yes, yeah. sauce do you feel like they had as in their relationships or was it just an alignment of all the things? Or were they as people like just more open or more like when you look at it objectively now from the outside? Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that made those couples different? I would say I want to I'll say like with like Nick and Danielle and maybe Warren and Cameron. Um I feel like, yeah, there was just more alignment, maybe more openness, more open communication dialogue. I mean, granted, you you have to, everyone did, everyone was pretty self-exposed, but just knowing, I'm just, I just know both of those couples more even, I mean, Amber and Matt, like Barnett, like, yes, I know them from my season and stuff, but like, I just like, don't really know their relationship that much. Mm-hmm. Like I, that honestly, I didn't know it was, they would be married still, honestly. I mean, not totally. anything against them. I just didn't think, I didn't know how that would pan out, but I'm super happy for them. I'm glad that they are. So, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it was just like an alignment. I mean, Lauren was just like, yeah, we just like knew. Lauren just, and Cameron yeah. seem very aligned. Like they seem yeah, like even they didn't have a lot of like drama also mm-hmm. within their thing, which that's why everybody on the outside was like, oh my God, like these two, what the fuck? Like they're amazing. Yeah. Nick and Danielle, I was still like, I was very surprised that they got married. Um, (laughs) But mostly just because I think another part that this show exposes and makes you question or wonder is like a lot of people think they have to fix themselves before they can ever be in a relationship, right? Like you got to be totally whole to be in a relationship. But then when you see somebody like Nick and Danielle, you can see it in both ways, right? In one way, she had a deep, deep, deep insecurity, a deep trauma that made her behave sometimes in sporadic ways, right? Like it it was her pain talking. It was her pain Ah. body clearly talking. (laughs) And, uh, and then, uh, at the same time, though, like they've worked through it and and they hold that about each other and both their their traumas were activated and triggered, but they're making it work. Like so so they're an example of a couple that like you don't have to have every problem solved. Right. But you have to be willing to want to solve it together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with her having those moments and her being so open and vulnerable enough to like express a lot of that was me and then to witness him like when they would have their like you know resolution moments I was like okay like I feel like she felt very safe with him you know one she's saying all this but he could have been like oh my god like I can't be with you you know but he would like come back around and like be coddling her in a sense you know just like totally supporting her and I think that that is what like I think that's what I said on my last episode with you is like to feel safe. Like that's what love is. And that's like a beautiful thing where I was like, I can see them working out because I feel like they are creating a safe environment for one another to totally be themselves. And like, maybe, yeah, for her to 
both of them to um, express their pain bodies, as you were just saying, like, I think that's a beautiful thing if you can be like, it's okay that we both have that, like, we can do this together and we can heal and grow together Mm -hmm. versus I don't want to be a part of that. And some people don't want to be a part of something like that. And that's okay too. Totally. Totally. I mean, how important is it, um, for, you know, not just in, in this type of show, but in life. Cause I think this show just really amplifies everything that in the way that we really need to behave in life, right? Super yeah. communicative. Um, we need to be open and honest, right? Like, I feel like the Kyle Shana situation broke my heart a little bit because I was like, oh, what a waste, what a waste of time in a sense for Kyle, just because she didn't want to admit openly that like that religion aspect or religious aspect was so important to her that she couldn't over look it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so remember in the, in the first episode that you were on, we were talking about like how, how open to be on a first date. Like, do you Mm -hmm. tell somebody at least what your non-negotiables are. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do you think now? Like, do you feel like that's what people should be doing? Uh, I mean, I think just asking the right questions to see where they're kind of like what you're saying about in the last episode too, about like how, how that person makes you feel like write out the qualitative things. Right. So it's asking the questions that are going to make you feel a certain way versus like listing it out, like, Hey, well, you know what? These are my non-negotiables. Yeah. Are you with it or not? Cause let's just go ahead and get that over with and end this date. If it's not going to work out, you know, kind of thing. It's just asking the right questions in order to reveal the answers and responses that you're looking for, you know, like keeping it coming from heart space and everything and just having like a compassionate understanding, um, that would help that. But, you know, like, I mean, one of like my questions that I would always ask, like even in the pause was like, what was your favorite childhood toy? Or what was your, like, what was your favorite book growing up as a kid, you know? Mm. And why, you know, because then I was able to like really tap into like their vulnerability or like, I mean, maybe their favorite toy was like G.I. Jane or G.I. Joe and they love blowing up things. I don't know. And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Or they have an adventurous side. Okay. How are you like tapping into that adventurous side or creativity? now as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Like, so I like asking those types of questions, um, to just get to know someone better. You are so much better than I am because, uh, <laughs> the questions I used to ask were like, I'd be like, Hey, so like open relationships sound really cool. Right. Like, would you ever do that? And then they'd say like, yes. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. Well I wouldn't. <laughs> Now I know. Now I know where you stand. And that happened on a date, and a guy was like, "No, no, no." But like, I just, I mean, like, I, I, I would totally not have to do that with you. I'm like, oh no, but I, I know, like, that's something like you're into, and I know that that will eventually come up. But, but I used to be a little bit more. I used to ask those kinds of questions. That's my uh, my boyfriend's also. uh, he, he works in like marketing advertising in the day, but he's also a DJ. And mm. so my, you know, first I normally have had a thing. I don't date musicians or athletes, um, for, yeah, listen, they're going to cheat on you. And so, but this one, I like asked him, I'm like, Oh, so you must like, you, you know, like you must do a lot of like, uh, drugs and shit, right. To stay up at night. Like, what do you do? And I would be like, Oh, you must do like Molly and da da da. And he was like, Oh no, I don't, I've never, 
had drugs my entire life. And I'm like, oh, yeah, come on, whatever. I was just, like, fully, like, being like, hey, tell me what you got. Maybe we can do something together. And then he was like, no, I didn't even start drinking till I was, like, 31. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> um, so that was, the, that was one of the only reasons. But, like, I was yeah. fully trying to. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> Different types of questions. Our, our <laughs> approaches to questions are very different. <laughs> well, I'm sure that there are some types of questions like that that I'll throw in there. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to know what what do you you know after being on that experience and again watching it from as an outsider. What are your takeaways from Love Is Blind for real life? Like, what do people need to know, or what can they take from? watching that show and, and apply it to their real life? Yeah. Um, definitely learning how to communicate with yourself um, mm. is really a big thing. Um, I mean, granted, yes, I invested in a coach to help me communicate with myself, um, but whatever it takes uh, to do that, because it, it at least brought another level of like self-awareness. So I think a lot of majority of the cast, um, particularly myself and being able to be aware of like, this is, this is it. This is not it, you know, in the dating world, you know, like being just because communicating with yourself, that is what increases your self-awareness. And if you're not aware of what you want, you don't want how you want to be treated, how you don't like, you're not going to know what it is when it comes into your life, you know? Um, so I think that like really just communicating with yourself and being able to sift through. I mean, like we get so caught up in that kind of like that, like a story that we may have like created for ourselves about that person. Oh, well, he like, he was so great, blah, blah, blah. But then we like miss these red flags because we're like so focused on like the positive and we just like are avoiding out those red flags. Um, but if we get real with ourselves through communicating with ourselves, like after every day, you know, like assess, like, what did I like? What did I not like about this? You know, and really like engaging in that to help you develop that tool. Yeah. Just like creating, creating boundaries in your dating experiences as well. I mean, it's all going to help you improve that and cut out the bullshit. I mean, it really will like communicate yourself again. Like what, what will you accept in a relationship? What will you not accept in a relationship? If you can discover those by, you know, with the dates. Great. Like, I know, like I was saying, like, I, I tend to get like kind of vulnerable pretty quickly when I'm dating. Like I could, if someone wanted to be like, tell me about whatever family dynamic or struggles that you've gone on in the past. Like I would not withhold that information. I would tell them straight up ins and outs and have that deep communication with them and then give it, you know, that's up to them what they want to do with that information in a sense. Like if they, I don't necessarily feel like I won't necessarily feel like, okay, just projected all this information onto them and they're going to like take it and I'm not going to feel safe. I don't know. I just, I've done a lot of work around it where, although yes, I have shared a lot of intimate information with people and I'm not with them anymore. And it did make me feel very unsafe in the past. I am not going into a next relationship being, well, I'm not, I'm going to reserve and hold back until like the ninth date because it's burned me in the past and I don't feel that way. I'm like, you know what? This is who I am and I'm safe with me. 
and that's all that matters. So yes, I want them to make me feel safe too, but like them making me feel safe is them staying when I tell them that information. Mm-hmm. And if they decide that this is not for me after I tell them shit storms that I've been through, then that's on them. <laughs> like then it's just not the right person. Well, that's, that's, that's a misalignment. And that's yeah. okay. So I just cut through the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something I, I also observe from watching it and obviously being in it is uh, being in relationships is like whatever your weaknesses and your strengths are will only be amplified. Yeah. In yeah. a relationship. Yeah. And, uh, and then I think the other thing that I really like about love is blind and even like the ultimatum, which is out now, um, the parts that I like about those shows is, is not just showing like, Oh, here's the, the honeymoon phase and the dating part, but here is the living together. Here are the families meeting. And it's kind of showing you that, you know, a relationship isn't just about love, right? Like marriage isn't just about love. And that's what our parents used to tell us. Like my, my, again, Indian parents are always like, oh no, you know, you don't understand how important it is for like your families to line up. And I, and we would be like, why the hell does it, why does that, you're you're barely going to see each other. But the way people are with their families is how they will be with you and how they, you know, how they view relationships. It's just come, you now see it. And and how like really a good relationship is like a unification of all those things, yeah. you know, yeah. of alignment and sex, alignment and friends, right. alignment and family, <laughs> alignment in your fucking personality compatible. It kind of feels yeah. like a miracle when two people do end up together, keeping yeah. all of that in mind. But right. like I appreciate that shows like this show that there's more to it than love. Right. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of my, one of my mentors, um, you know, I've worked with her a handful of times now. She's like a relationship coach and she's like, Oh, you know, you're looking for the 1%. And I was like, I know. I was like, I know. And yeah. And she's like, and don't settle until you get that 1%. And I was like, well, I haven't yet. I mean, I'll be 37 in July. I'm like, I haven't yet. I'm not planning to either. I was like, you know, it's, but it's interesting. Like all the like work that I do on myself, it's just, it, because I vibrate at a different frequency now. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just like radiate like love and harmony. I feel like for the most part that I'm like attracting every single guy that I have either gone on a date with, met, whatever are people that are vibrating at that same frequency. Like maybe we aren't so aligned that we're going to actually be in a relationship together, but it's like, wow, like that, a list of like my dream person, how they treat me, how they show up, how they make me feel. A lot of it checks off that list when these people come in. And then it's just like, oh, misalignment here and there. That's okay too. I actually really love to hear that. I love to hear that because that's how I felt is like when I started making those shifts in my life, I just started noticing the types of people I dated changed where there wasn't as much drama. It didn't work out, but at least they were all nice guys. I could say like in the yeah. last, you know, couple of years, few years before I met my boyfriend, almost everybody was really nice because yeah. I had made that shift and I was like no longer dating people who made me feel like shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was just like, all right, it didn't work, but yeah. at least it was nice. Right. Exactly. Nothing bad to say. I'm like, all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. So Kelly, last question, obviously I have to ask you, is love blind? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I really do. I always, this question has been asked before. I do say love is blind because I think it's, you're blind to the love of yourself. Mm. Really. Because there's actually, like, we, we don't know ourselves until we start tuning into ourselves. And then that love is there. So we're yeah. blind. We are blinded. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly, how, uh, you know, thank you again for, for being on uh, both episodes of the podcast. We loved having you and, and getting your insights and giving us a skinny on, on the show. Um, how can everyone find you in your work? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me too. I enjoyed our conversation. Um, so on Instagram at Chase Life with Kelly, I have a Facebook group, Chase Life with Kelly also. Um, and actually, I forgot to tell you this. I'm probably relaunching my podcast coming up soon. Yay. So, um, but that's Chase Life with Kelly. There's 51 episodes. So if anyone, it's on Apple, Spotify and everything like that. So you can go and binge that and get caught up before I release new episodes. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, yes. Please guys do that. Um, and follow Kelly on social media because she she's going to tell you her lunch and her breakfast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you again, Kelly. And and thank you guys all. Um, please make sure you follow us on social media. We're at Kind of Dating across the board. I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha.Chandel on TikTok, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Thank you so, so much for downloading this episode. Please remember to tell a friend and rate and review this podcast wherever you get it. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally. I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kinda Dating is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Kinda Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Adam Pineless and Karina Uribe are producers. Our opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.